What's up, everyone? Welcome into Animan Plus bonus cast. Today's bonus cast, we will be doing top character introductions and entrances across anime. We're talking about those int- those introductions that are just legendary. Really sets the you know the standard for what to expect out of that character. We're talking about the entrances that just give you goosebumps, and it's those type of entrances that you know you j- you just can't help but to go back and just reread the chapter, just so you can experience all over again. You know, rewatch the episode, rewatch the clip a hundred times on YouTube because of how great an entrance was or an introduction, either or. Uh, really excited to do this one. We have a really beefy list, a lot of different stuff. Uh, there's a couple other things that we wish we could include on here, but it's very, very fresh in the mangas, so we're going to leave those out. But if you know, you know. Uh, I do have Zach here in the studio. Zach, how are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Zach dished out <laughs> some pretty good stuff to the list. Even hit me up. He's like, hey, dude, you know, I can keep going. You want me to add more? <laughs> yeah, some of them, though, you say like stuff I really want to more. Some of them are a few of them are just... Uh, Okay, that was really interesting. Right. Odd way to do it, but okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, I mean, everything that we have here on this list is, I'm like I said, it's just some of those entrances, those character introductions that are just iconic. You know, those those moments, like I said, that just give you goosebumps and chills down your spine. It's those moments that you can't help but just to go back and rewatch. I mean, a lot of the stuff we have here on this list, I've rewatched just the clip on YouTube hundreds of times i've rewatched the episode reread the, the chapters and everything um so this bonus cast though marks a very special occasion in anime plus history because this bonus cast for the first time ever in anime plus history we have josh here in studio let's go let's go how are you josh was that necessary yes it was I like how you specified a hundred times Animan Plus history. It is as if I've never been in here for a podcast ever. Well, you know, you've definitely been in here in uh, for a podcast in the past with the original Animan that we don't like to talk about too much. And real talk, though, shout out to that dead podcast. I'll come back eventually, as well as lighthearted. Um, but you know, for Animan Plus, this is this is new for you. You haven't been in here in quite some time. Twenty nine episodes of. Well, not even 29. It's like, what, 27, 26? Yeah, that sounds right. 26 episodes of phone calls. And you were here in the studio. How you feeling? How you feeling in the new studio? The pod room that's a mess but currently in development? It's good. I feel good. Feel good? Besides yeah. besides the traffic getting here, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Well, glad to have you here, man. Looking glad forward, to be here. Looking forward to having you here, um, you know, for future episodes. Um, you know, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. I was telling you to bring your mic closer, and that's what I was telling you. I'll just go ahead and say it for the cast. I don't care. That's why I pulled it up. Okay. Yeah. I, you were just giving me a look <laughs> as you were doing this. I just want to make it known. I was just telling you to bring the fucking mic closer to you. <laughs> I already turned you up over here, too. So, anyway. All right. So, uh, let's jump into this list, shall we? Um, we'll kick things off with some introductions. All right. So, when it comes to, you know, great character introductions... What these do, man, they, they just really set the standard for what you are going to expect out of this character. You know, you know what is going to happen going forward. And there are some incredible introductions to characters across anime and manga. Um, how about we? Uh, how about we pass it over to Zach? Zach, why don't you hit a couple of the ones that you you picked out, and let's talk about some great character introductions here. All right. Well, if we want to start, just one of the ones that I really enjoy of entrances. How much of either of y'all watched 
Case closed. I watched a little bit. Did you ever get to see uh, Conan's parents? I don't think I'd ever got that far. Damn. So, Conan's parents are MC. They get like a slightly whole episode for him. And it's sort of weird just because it never says they're his parents until the end. And it's just a whole thing of him. He thinks he's found some criminals of some sort and he's following them and everything. And it just turns out to reveal right at the end as they open a closet and find him and he thinks he's screwed. Ha ha! We're your parents. Dude, it was sort of weird because they they're completely dressed up in costumes and whatnot and everything, not and just hide their identities from him and have him just follow him along, try and see if he can figure them out. Because his father's a uh, mystery writer, and his mother just sort of tags along with her his father. <laughs> so when I watched Case Clothes, it was on Toonami like a hundred years ago. Yes, okay. I never realized he didn't have parents. <laughs> but he does have parents. Well, no, but I mean, like, it doesn't, that they're not, I don't know, I guess he doesn't know them. No, he knows them. Uh, uh, it's just, the whole thing that it does is pretty much he says that, it, it acknowledges that he does have parents, but they're always somewhere because his father's such a big uh, mystery writer that he's always somewhere researching stuff. Gotcha. And his mother just follows along with him. So they totally know that he's like a teenager that's a kid. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're completely aware because this is their first introduction, and they're completely aware of what's happened to him. And they're just like, well, we're going to keep going around the world because the doctor he's hel- who helps him told them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. And just any other time they ever show up, they're always costumes. <laughs> they never show up just as themselves. God. That's amazing. Um. One of the other ones I like to note is uh, Air Gear series. Big drama series mm-hmm. where a bunch of people, more or less it's Jet Set Radio, an anime for- format. Hell yeah. And there's a bunch of teams who are Trek teams. And the series, the main group finally makes their group. And you're thinking, oh, they got together. Finally, we got a whole team. They're going to do stuff. And they go back to the school territory. And the first thing they do, they want to they want to be good teams and fight people in Actual Trek battles, the team that's taking over the school, they beat the crap out of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one of those moments of, oh, so it's not going to be a big moment. They're just going to be asshats. All right, carry on then. <laughs> that's the vibe I think of it, just how hypocritical it is, but and done in a comedic fashion. Right. It was. Um one that I know Josh can appreciate, and probably you, Alex, because you both say he's y'all like this character's Brooks entrance into One Piece on that damn ghost ship. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, solid character introduction. I really kind of set uh, what to expect out of Brooks being a meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also have another uh, solid uh, One Piece uh, introduction here. Josh, would you like to hit that one? Yeah, sure. Um, the worst, the introduction to the worst generation. Great introduction. It was so good. Which I'm glad Zach put it on here because I totally slipped my mind. Even though I watched the, uh, watched it on YouTube probably like a thousand times before I actually watched the episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a real good introduction because that was that was our halfway mark right before we got our the whole fun that was Kuma sending everyone in different directions in the true Marine Ford, but it was just a good. Nice showing of that. Yeah, besides Luffy and his crew, there's been a bunch of other people doing really strange crap around the world that yeah. we don't know of. <laughs> yeah. 
and just sort of finally giving us that rivals to the Straw Hat crew, which we, we never really had up to that point. Yeah, true. We've, we've had antagonists, but no, like, actual rivals. Yeah, true. True. Uh, Josh, why don't you also give a shout-out to uh, your Dr. Stone one that you picked out. You're really pumped about this character. And, and it, this character also makes you really pumped for Season 3 of Dr. Stone. That's true. Yeah. And I don't know when this will come out, but for, you know, spoilers, that was my secret catch-up chapter thing was Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it introduced Ryusi and Nanami, it's probably the best introduction of all time. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> they unpetrify him. He asks for his butler and then creates money. Yep. It's just, Immediately. It's the greatest sequence. <laughs> it makes the whole, like, you know, shipbuilding part more bearable because he's just, like, is, I don't know, just kind of wild the entire time. Like, making them create hot air balloons and shit. It makes me super pumped for season three of Dr. Stone. No, you're right. It was a it was a top ten fucking introduction because that literally like for the people that have not read Doctor Stone, the way he explained it is one thousand percent true. He is revived. He immediately gets his butler, and then he immediately creates money, and then like starts like everyone starts like having their jobs, whatever. It's like oh, we're gonna be paid this much. You're gonna be paid this much. I have all the money. That's exactly how it went, almost instantly. So you say he created money, yeah. but from the bit yeah. I've read, I have not seen them use money once. So what kind of currency is he using? They're called like, I don't remember what they're called. They're like dragons or something. Yeah, something like that. But uh, Yo, Yo is the one that like collects all the money because yep. he wants to be rich. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking phenomenal character introduction. Um, another character introduction that is absolutely just... It's very entertaining to watch, and it really sets what's going to happen for everything that we've had up to this point. And uh, that would be uh, that'd be everyone's favorite teacher in Jitsu Kaisen, you know, Gojo. Phenomenal character introduction in episode one, chapter one. You know, just where you know he basically you know tell you know tells Yuji whatever. And I was like, you know, go ahead, go ahead. Become become Saguna, you know. I'm the strongest. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got you. You know, and then, you know, th- you know, when he kinda like, you know, dodges Sakuna's attack, whatever, he gets up to his back and kinda leans his head back. He's like, My student's watching, so I'm gonna show off just a little bit. And you get a beautiful animation. It, it's so it's great to watch it in the anime. The chapter is awesome to read it, but the anime does it so much justice. And it really like just that uh, of how little he fucking tried you know, going up against the king of curses in this instant and just like, you know, the little snarky little comments like, oh, don't worry, I'm the strongest. Go ahead. Oh, I want to show off for my student. He's watching. It really sets the standard for everything we've had up for the entire series, you know, of where he is literally the strongest in in, in the world. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. it, which if that does not set, if that does not do a great character introduction, I don't know what the fuck does. And it's, it's even better the lead up to his introduction because you kind of... You kind of hear him on the phone calls. Um, yeah, with Megumi. Yeah, and when Megumi's just like, yeah, the the curse object's gone. And Goji's just like, that sucks, gotta go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I sort of wanted to mention that you were saying how much he, when he actually shows up, but there's that whole interaction just with him and Megumi where we don't actually see Gojo, and we just have this sort of snarky, almost lazy teacher character that we haven't seen at this point, so we're not really sure what to fill out until he shows up to deal with Sakuna. Yeah. True. 
another great character introduction that we had here that was also very early into the series, kind of like Gojo's was, was uh, L from Death Note. We mentioned this in, uh, I think it was like our Death bonus cast as well, about how just how great of a character introduction it was, where it's like, you know, because as soon as it happened, it's immediately like, okay, let's fucking go. Cause you know how, how he's introduced is yeah. the press conference, you know, light gets in a little tissy, you know, tissy fit. He's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, Lindell L Taylor dude has a heart attack. And then you see it, the L pop up on screen. He's just like, you know, I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it for myself. And he, you know, just further just point out, it's like, Oh, by the way, this is not a worldwide broadcast. This is only in like, I think, I think it was actually the Canto region. Is that correct? I think that's where it was in death note. Uh, so, I can't remember. I it's can't been either. so long. Yeah. So then L's just like, oh, so I know exactly where you are. Like at that moment, I think everyone watching Death Note for the first time is just like, oh shit, this dude's a fucking genius. I fucking love him. I'm all about this. And yeah. it's because of that entrance that really sets the precedence of Death Note being one of the best intellect yep. character versus another intellect character rivalry because we don't get that doesn't uh, happen a lot. Not a whole lot, especially in Shonen. True. Yeah. True. Uh, you know those mental battles, man to that extent just don't happen because it's like you know to give it like you know to give it its due like you know some of the you know everyone talks about greatest battles in, in shonen history you know you'll have like the goku and the frieza the you know naruto and the pains and et cetera, et cetera. you know it, but light and l is one of the greatest battles in shonen and they don't even really fight except for like that one time where they got in a very brief little fist fight in that room yeah like it's just an in that intellectual battle between them is one of the my favorite battles to watch it's just so fucking fascinating like l's character introduction in that episode and then i think there was like i don't remember if it was immediately following the next episode or the next couple where you actually get him introduced to the rest of the officers i don't know but just like the press conference it just it just set the standard for what death note was about to be for yeah. like the next like what 30ish episodes i mean more than that 30-ish to 40-ish before L, you know, bit it. Yeah, because, yeah. like, the second half, I think, was only uh, only about, like, 10 or 12. It wasn't a large portion of it. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, talking about uh, Dragon Ball very briefly, I do have a couple there. The first one I want to give a shout-out to is uh, just because I'm, I'm a massive fan um, of this character introduction. Josh, I feel like you can appreciate it as well. And that's, uh, that's Cell. Because, like, the introduction to Cell, like, as a kid watching it, was fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like, that was that was horrifying, man. Like, just the whole introduction to him where, like, it starts off with, you know, uh, Goku, uh, not Goku, sorry, Gohan, uh, Trunks, and Bulma finding the other time machine, and Trunks is like, but mine's yeah. right here. What the fuck? It's got, like, the husk in it. Yeah, it got the husk in it. You know, they got, like, the purple goo blood, whatever, and everything, the larva, you know, co you know cocoon they find and everything, the husk. I mean, you know, it's just like, okay, what the fuck did they find? Okay, like what the fuck is this? And then just like the entire build up to Cell being introduced, like where uh, yeah, with, like with Piccolo, Piccolo finding the yeah, town where in, everyone uh, just like withered away. Yeah, and, in Ginger Town, uh, it's just it, it's something out of like a horror movie yeah. because like you know it's just like it of how it was built up, how it was written, how it was portrayed, the music that went with it. You know, shout out to Bruce Faulkner, great great tracks that went with the original Dragon Ball Z to build up like the horror aspect of things. Now while his introduction is great because it set that you know that standard of like like almost like a horror type character. I feel like we can all agree he kind of lost that aspect with Perfect Cell, uh, yes. but you know his first stage and second stage really brought like that horror aspect, most notably the first one. Yeah. You know, but it just kind of set the standard where it's like okay, this is a very terrifying character. 
what's going to come out of this. This is, this is horrifying. And, you know, I know a lot of people listening may be like, well, you know, Frieza's introduction was good too, because it really set the standard that this little fucking dude is like a fucking galactic emperor. I'm like, yes, I completely agree. Great character induction. That's why I want to give it the shout out, but cell takes the cake dude, because it literally built to almost like a fucking horror movie. That's how, that's how it felt is it felt like a fucking horror movie. You know, I never really thought about that, but now that you say that, I really think about it. That episodes ago, yeah, I could see how that if you sh- did it differently and just showed somebody p- specifically that sort of opening half of that arc. Yep, could see it as a horror film. Yeah, dude, it's terrifying. You know, because yeah. there was there was a lot of episodes with uh, the imperfect cell form, his first stage, of where he's just fucking drinking people. Bitch, I drink people. You know, that's... and how he's chasing down seventeen and sixteen. Yeah. And, and then also, like, you know, to tie into, like, almost, like, the gross horror aspect of things, like, you know, you get some somewhat visual shots of when he finally absorbs 17 of his fucking tail and what it looks like inside the tail. Yeah. That was fucking horrifying. Yeah. That was nightmare fuel. So, I mean, like, that that's why I love Cell's character introduction, man. It really just set, like, what we were about to get for the rest of the arc. And in tying into that that entire arc, and, and this character introduction, I already mentioned the character's name, is is no shit. This is not me saying this. I think everyone can agree. One of the greatest character introductions in anime history. And that's trunks because watching dragon ball, reading dragon ball for the first time, you know, you just have this kid shows up, got a sword, looks kind of cool. All right. Awesome. Off freeze immediately, but he's also a super saiyan. So then it's like the big questions like who the fuck are you? Where did you come from? Why are you a Super Saiyan? Lots of questions that came out of it. And it, it, it further helped build up what you were going to get for the rest of the in, that entire part of Dragon Ball mm-hmm. from the Trunk Saga to the end of the Cell games. Because like, it was all like time travel based, etc. Like, I mean, Cell, I mean, Trunks' introduction is one of the greatest introductions in anime history. Because he just popped out of nowhere. He's a Super Saiyan off Frieza immediately. You know, the same Frieza that took Goku 24 episodes, 28 episodes to beat. <laughs> and he offs Frieza immediately. Fucking, you know, the cool ass. You know, he kills all the Frieza soldiers. You know, he's got, you know, he catches Frieza's like supernova, like no problem. He has the burning attack, you know, which the hand motion thing is completely pointless, but it still looked cool. You know, and then he's fucking just slices him in half. Like, was there a hand motion with that? Yeah. Yeah. Burning, like burning attack is like, like he 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 sends his arms in a lot of different directions, and finally comes down to this and does burning. Like the hand motions don't fucking matter. I get you know I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. Just yeet prediction here. I bet burning attack is where Kishimoto got the idea for the hand signs in Naruto. Just yeet prediction anyway. Um, still I thought that was actual ninjutsu stuff. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, is. Yeah, it, is. it, it is. is. it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's just me. That's just me fucking around. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the last Dragon Ball one that I want to give a shout out to, and this was actually kind of late on my list, but after rewatching it, I, I felt like I really had to, and that's uh Goku black and Dragon Ball super. I, I actually completely kind of forgot about how good of an introduction to the character it was, but after rewatching it, it's actually fucking phenomenal. See, the only thing I know about Goku black is the meme of don't shoot. He's not black. <laughs> So for his character introduction, you know, you finally get reintroduced to Trunks. We just finished talking about uh, this Trunks obviously has not been around since the Cell games. Um, and you get reintroduced to him with a new hair color because, you know, Toriyama forgot the hair color. Shout out to as, that. as he does. Yeah, as he does. That's his thing. But uh, you get, you know, reintroduced to Trunks. Everyone's pumped to have Trunks back, whatever. And just everything's destroyed. It's like a 
you know, it's like the apocalypse happened on Earth. Like, everything's destroyed. You don't know what the villain is. You just see, like, a cloud of dust in the sky, you know, Kai Blast being shot out and everything, uh, Key Blast, sorry, and Trunks, you know, using a sword, deflecting them, you know, you, you, you get a shot of where Bulma in that time period literally gets vaporized, so that was pretty intense, all for it to just be Goku. And obviously, you know, it's a very different Goku, but you as the viewer <laughs> yeah, checking this different. checking this out for the first time, you have no idea what, what's happening. And it, it, again, just like everything else, it set the bar for what the, this, the rest of this arc was going to be, which is a phenomenal arc yeah. of where Goku Black, honestly, fucking shit wrecks Goku and Vegeta pretty much the entire, and Trunks, the, pretty much the entire time. You know, I mean, he pretty much wiped out this entire planet by himself, no problem. Kick Trunks' ass time and time again. Kick Goku's ass. Kick Vegeta's ass. Honestly, just a great character introduction because, you know, it's just so much build up to it. And when it finally got revealed, it's just like the shock factor of it being Goku. And then it's just like, then you just have a million questions. They're like, okay, what are they doing here? What's the route? Why Why is Goku evil here? Can I say that I never would have thought about this because I watched Dragon Ball Super dubbed. So the introduction for me was ruined by what's Odistin? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't know, Goku Black is just Goku with a British accent. Yeah. And it just ruined dub. it all for I me. I forgot yeah. about that. I heard about that. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Now, was that, I'm trying to remember, is the Goku with the British accent, is that the actual dub or is that what was in Xenoverse? That's the actual dub. Okay. Because I, Sean I, Shimmel doing a British accent. Okay. Because I couldn't remember, because I remember when Goku Black was brought into Xenoverse, Sean Shimmel even, has even said, that like you know the Bondi team whatever they just told you know this is before Goku Black was introduced in the anime they just told Sean to just make it like Goku but evil so it's like really dark I'm Goku Black and that's his Xenoverse voice and then like the I'm uh, Batman basically and then in the actual dub I, it's the British it's British yeah. yeah that's his British accent but take that out of the equation let's just go watch the sub Masako uh, praise her she does a phenomenal job um, but yeah great character introduction there. Um, let's hop over to some Naruto ones. Uh, Zach, you want to hit a couple of these Naruto ones we've got? Um, no, but I can. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even remember one of these. I don't even know why I passed it off to you, Josh. Yeah, I'm I passing it to I you. I don't know why you did either. <laughs> Josh hit a couple of these Naruto ones. You know, until this moment, I'd forgotten I read Naruto. So thank you. <laughs> that is the meme of this show. <laughs> can I tell you for real though? I don't remember their entrances. Oh God! I at least remember Jiraiya's. Okay, All come right, we'll back talk to about me. Jiraiya, and I'll hit Madara. <laughs> <laughs> I'm muting him. <laughs> so, I mean, I enjoyed Jiraiya because uh, Jiraiya was definitely a very interesting thing of just seeing this old guy trying to look into the hot springs. Yeah, <laughs> and having no clue who he is other than some old guy who really wants to look at naked women only to become one of the greatest mentors in the series history. True. <laughs> Which made no sense. <laughs> but hey, that was how he was introduced, was some perverted old man. But when you think about it, we have um, Roshi. So yeah. there's some there's some imbalance here about the bigger pervert you are as an older guy, apparently you can train people really well. And then the other one we have in Naruto is, of course, uh, Madara, one of the greatest shinobi in uh, history. And when it comes to Madara's introduction... What what do we consider Madara's introduction? Because there's a the, whole string his, of things. His reincarnation, because that was Madara's actual introduction. Okay, 
you know, because the name Madara has been float around multiple times. You have Toby posing as Madara, you know, but like Madara himself, you didn't actually get your character introduction until the war when he was reincarnated. And his introduction is one of the best introductions for a villain because he basically takes on the entire Shinobi army by himself with ease and then turns around and fucks the five Kages by himself pretty much with ease, you know, further establishing that he is one of the greatest Shinobis in history alongside like the first Okage, you know, as it's been told throughout legends, whatever, you know, like Madara's introduction of just him fucking just schooling the entire army with no problem is it, that is a, that is a, a scene that I, I still love to go back and rewatch of just him fucking just owning everyone. And, you know, then you had the awesome build up where the five, five Kages told Naruto, don't worry, we got this. And I'm just like, do you, though? No, not a single bit. <laughs> do you, though? Fast forward a few chapters, whatever. Fucking Tsunade is laying on the ground, fucking chopped in half. It's like, yeah, good job, guys. You, you had it. Uh, but yeah, Madara's introduction was absolutely incredible. See, now that you guys said it, I remember it now. Okay. I don't know why Naruto is so forgettable for me. I don't, I don't know, know either. I, I, just, I really don't. I just, I read it. I remember things, but I don't remember everything. I don't know how. You, I, the amount that you forget about Naruto blows me away. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. It is what it is, man. Don't throw Naruto questions at me. All right, I'll try not to. Um, I got one here from Seven Daily Sins. Uh, this here is a lot of people's favorite character introduction from seven deadly sins and it's one of the it's it, this is like escanor is in the same range as like as like a trunks a Madara, and others where it's like some of people's favorite character introductions uh because you know introduction to escanor you know it all throughout like season one yeah was you know he was talked about as like you know the strongest like the of, billy badass of yeah the, seven the strongest sins. one you never get to see him you yep. finally get to see him in season two, and he's like this scrawny little fuck, yeah, <laughs> hidden away in a cave. When just Bond like Gohan and, with a mustache, I fucking hate that. I hate that so much, mind <laughs> you. I hate Kyle Herbert as Escanor. I really do. I'm not a fan. So, Michael. So, in the anime, the first time they people see Escanor is in a cave when they find him in present time. Yep. Yeah. Okay, because it's a bar. I mean, you, you technically see Escanor when you get, like, the little brief flashback of whenever, you know, the Seven Deadly Sins were framed. But, I mean, he's in armor. You don't get to yeah, see, you his, don't get to you, see his, his face. He doesn't talk. But his first real introduction was literally when you see, uh, what was it, like, my something gluttony, you know, uh, mm -hmm. his bar. And he's, like, wiping off some glasses. That's his literal first introduction. Yeah. Okay, because... Wait, which one's Escanor's gluttony or Escanor's R1? Escanor's pride. Okay, Okay, so here's my thing with that. So in Seven Deadly Sins, I never watched the anime. I only watched season one. But I did read the manga up to a point. And the first actual introduction of Escanor in the manga was when it did a, a bonus thing of doing the past of the Seven Deadly Sins doing a mission. And it doesn't show Escanor. It shows Escanor as the scrawny kid, but it's more or less been a whole thing. It was a whole thing of, well, we got to send him here. and doesn't show him until he's actually fighting and he's transformed well, he's not transformed, but he's fighting the bandit leader and whatnot. And as the bandit leader, they sent this scrawny kid to me. And then whatever the trigger for Escanor's transformation happens, and he transforms in that his beef and just wrecks the crap out of him. I was like, okay. Yeah, that was not in the anime. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was a bonus thing in the manga. So I wasn't sure. Okay, well, we're, we're talking, talking about, about the anime. Yeah, yeah the anime. Because the thing that was really dope about the anime is that, like, you finally get introduced to him. And I, I, if I remember correctly, because I actually just rewatched this probably a few weeks ago, just because again, great introduction. I like to rewatch. I don't even think like his name was said 
Like, I'm pretty sure all Bond said, wait, you're, you know, and then, like, yeah. Escanor was just talking about, like, oh, is Merlin okay, blah, blah. And you as a, a, a watcher with some sort of brain cells can put two and two together that this is this is Escanor. Uh, but then you're sitting there questioning. It's like, but he's supposed to be the strong. He's like a scrawny little yeah. fuck. Yeah. And uh, he's, like, super nice and polite. Yeah, nice and polite. And then, you know, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, is his name Garland or what? What's what's that? The uh, one in the full armor. Yeah, that um, that's like power is the, the truth, or he, no, you can't lie, whatever. Yeah. I don't. I, I think I, I'm gonna call him Garland. I don't think I, that's right. I just remember that he's got like a weird sounding dub voice. You and your fucking seven deadly dub. But anyway, <laughs> it's go. Listen, Kyle Herbert's voice works when he's in the one mode. It works really well, but when Does he's it. normal, like just a little scrawny mustache one, it's not that good. I don't like it. But anyway, well. so, you know, for his introduction, you know, you had Garland and uh, one of the other um, uh, commandments come in. I don't remember her name, uh, but it's like the snake chick. And, you know, Escanor hides Bond and uh, Jericho in one of the back rooms, whatever. And uh, they end up like, like what, dropping something on Escanor, you know, like, like where he's like stuck under like a rock or something up until daylight where his powers are going to activate and yeah. Garland tries to, you know, he takes the, he takes Rita off the wall and, and, you know, he's just like, well, this is a terrible ax. Like, you know, the handles all the way down. This is a terrible, you know, two handed ax. And you see it gets snatched out of his hand. And all you do, you, you, you just hear is his sexy voice. You just hear Escanor talking where it's like, it's not a two handed ax. It's a one handed ax. And he's just holding it at the end. He's big and fucking buff. And he's like, I am, you know, Lord Escanor, which shout out to the sub for saying that the dub does not. It's like I'm Lord Escanor, you know, lion, lion, sin of pride of the seven deadly sins, and just fucking wrecks Garland immediately, you know, it, like and it, dude, it just set it up where like, you know, Escanor is the shit, and then a few, you know, a few episodes later or so, towards the end of the series, Escanor fucking just wrecks the hell out of Estrosa. You know, him walking up to him, and as the as he's walking, the fucking like the ground beneath him is like creating like, little magma craters as he walks up to him. Man, Escanor's character introduction is fucking phenomenal. It is. I, I think Escanor is one of my favorite characters in Seven Deadly Sons. Yeah, he's 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 probably he's top five for me yeah. for sure. Hundred because my favorite's Bond. I love Bond so much. I mean, Bond's great. Yeah, yeah. but Bond is my favorite. Hundred percent. Which also shout out to his. His was really fucking great. <laughs> his was funny. His was fantastic. Because you know it's like you know built up like we're gonna go save Bond. I think it was I think it was like Elizabeth. It was like oh, what kind of person is he gonna be? Blah blah. Yeah, we get that shot of him in prison, yeah. just all penned in with these spikes through him. Yeah, thinking then, like oh shit, he's real messed up. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fucked up dude. You know, I think I think while he's pinned up and in, in prison like that, you know, he's fucking with Jericho, who was there at the time. And uh, then when the, you finally get uh, Bond and Meliodas together, you know, they're just like Captain Bond. It's like all super serious. Elizabeth's like. What's this tension? What's about to happen? And Diane's just like, you might want to step back. This is about to get rough. And Elizabeth's like, oh fuck, what's about to happen? What's about to go down? Do these two hate each other? Throwing hands. Yeah, and then then it just got immediately changes with like they're like super happy, like Captain Bond, and they just start just beating the fuck out of each other, destroying the keep that they were supposed to break him out of. Yeah, so shout out to that character introduction. That one was also a really fucking great one. Um, so I think finishing it up here for character introductions, got a couple of, uh, my hero ones. Uh, the first one being Mirio, uh, Mirio's character introduction was one funny and two awesome. His his initial introduction was his face just sticking out of the wall by Deku and Deku getting freaked out. (laughs) That was his initial introduction. Okay. And then his full introduction was in the quick little training session of him versus all of one a, 
you know, and he's already been hyped up as one of the top three students at the school, whatever. And right when they get ready to fight, you just see his fucking clothes just fall off. <laughs> just fucking butt-ass naked. He's like, oh, my bad, guys. Let me pull my pants up. <laughs> and then Mirio just goes to fucking wipe the floor with all of 1A. You know, with you know, dude, Mirio is a fucking great character. And it was a great introduction because it was at the end of that season setting up for the first half of the next season, of season four, yep. where, where Mirio was a key focus, as well as this other character that had the same thing. He was introduced in season three with an, such a phenomenal introduction and helped set up for what to expect out of season four, and that's Overhaul. Overhaul comes and meets the League of Villains, whatever. They kind of try to have his way, and I I, I think I actually just watched it uh, the couple days ago just to kind of get refreshed on this. Uh, I'm pretty sure he blew a dude's upper body up. That was the first thing he did. Sounds right. I think he, you know, he blew off some dude's upper body first, and he blew off a dude's arm, and then he blew off uh, Mr. Compress's arm. Mm -hmm. He's sitting there just blowing these people up. Shigaraki's like, what the fuck is going on? Everyone starts freaking out, trying to bring Overhaul down, and he's just blowing people up. You know, obviously he can put them back together, thanks to his quirk, but he set the he set the bar like, hey, like I'm I'm here, we're going to kind of work together, but I'm not working for you. We're going to work together. Like, he set the bar like, hey, I'm I'm sh just as strong, if not stronger, than your leader over there with the f creepy hands on his face and shit. Like, I'll fucking blow all you up. I I'll fucking disintegrate all of you. I don't fucking care. Like, dude. And it, it really just set everyone in the mood for what to expect out of season four, which I personally think the first half of season four is probably the best part of the My Hero anime, in my opinion. Like, the overhaul arc is probably the best part of the anime so far. I I think so too. Yeah, like everything about Overhaul was great. Everything about Mirio was great. It's those two. Their introductions helped setting up for what was to come out of season four, and then it fully just delivering. Like I, I like what me and Josh said. That is, in my our opinion, the best uh, arc of the anime so far. Just wait till you get to the war, though. Oh boy, the war is great. It's still like two seasons away. Yeah, no. Got to get through season five and then season six. Finally, we're gonna get the war. The war is unbelievable. Can we shout out an inter introduction that's not on here? Yeah, which is really ironic. It's on here because it's like one of the funniest things in the series. But Jujutsu Kaisen Toto's. Oh, true. <laughs> How did we <laughs> miss like that? One of the f the only thing he says, like when he gets introduced, is, "What kind of girls do you like?" Yeah, true. How did we miss that? I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of well, ashamed. We apparently of didn't. Josh brought it up, so we're yeah. good. Yeah, we're That's good. True. Yeah, Toto's entrance was phenomenal. <laughs> Toto's probably my favorite character in JJK. <laughs> so love his introduction. Um, I think we're actually through the introductions finally. Uh, so we're now we're heading over to the entrances. You know, these entrances, like I said, man, it's it's anything where it's like just a really epic or funny entrance to a situation, a fight, a war, whatever the case is. It's those moments that. Like I said, you just can't help but to go back and reread the chapter, rewatch the episode, you know, or rewatch just the scene itself on YouTube. And, and even if you've rewatched it a hundred times, you can still watch it and get chills because of just how well it's done or how well it's written. You know, those sort of moments in anime. I thought of another one that's actually pretty funny. Introduction but, uh, or entrance? Uh, introduction. Okay. Zitsu's introduction in Demon Slayer. When, the first time you see him when he's like begging that girl to marry him so that she can take away his debts. Zinsu's the blonde kid, the blonde one that's sleepy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the first time you meet him, he's yeah. like begging girls to marry him because... Yeah. to get rid of all of his debts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I never finished Demon Slayer, and I barely remember it, so... Oh, well. No. I thought it was really funny. It, it was. It was, it was good. It was good, yeah. 
Oh God, where do we even want to start on this list? Uh, Zach, why don't you hit a couple of yours? Let's hit, let's hit a couple of your uh, interests that you have picked out. Uh, also give, you know, go. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to uh, your um, your new pickup, your new anime, your new series that you just read half the series for the other day. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to that one. Give a shout out to the couple ones you got picked out. Okay. Well, the one that Alex is specifically talking about is Tokyo Revengers, mm-hmm. which its anime just started this past week. Yep. As of will officially of, be part of the Animan Plus lineup. Yeah. As of time oh, yeah, of this recording. I absolutely love this type of setting they did to the point where after I watched that episode, it has 20 volumes. I read 10 in uh, four hours. Jesus. Yeah, that's what I said when he told me that earlier. Because, Josh, here's the fun fact. When he sent his list earlier and I saw Tokyo Avengers on there, my first thought was, oh, has Zach already read the series up to this point before and just didn't tell me whenever I kept saying, oh, I want to check out Tokyo Avengers and he just wanted to leave it a surprise or something. Yeah, I didn't fucking know that he read it in four hours. <laughs> that was news as of today. That's hilarious. <laughs> what I like, what I really like a series, and I see that it has 20 volumes, I go, all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I relate. I feel you. <laughs> but my specific thing is, um, which I won't go too deep because it is, well, yeah, no, it'll probably be an anime for what it is, is the Battle of 8-3 is what it gets called. And more or less, it's a whole point in the series where our uh, main character, Hinaragi, has finally succeeded in changing some set of events, changing it from one character who was supposed to be end up fighting by himself against 50 people. Instead, because of stuff Hinaraki's done, it ends up turning into that guy by, being by himself. And instead, now the leader of the gang and the rest of the gang shows up at this, this point in time when they weren't supposed to be there. And turns into a big old brawl. And really sure shows the things that Haragi's done up to this point is making some sort of change up to this point to help him in his goal overall. And it's just a really great moment when it happens. It's very short, but it's a very good moment. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Because I, I really enjoyed episode one. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this, uh, this season one. Yeah, after everything that I've read, we're in for a treat. Um, I'm excited. I'm pumped. One one weird thing, though, I did notice from reading it versus the first episode is the whole thing with the kids and the vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's not in the manga. Really? Yeah. If, I don't know why. I guess I understand why they changed it. In the manga, it's just him doing it. There is no kids involved. Huh. It was just an odd change, but I think I understand why they did it. Interesting. Okay. Uh, one of my other ones would be Einzel Gohn from Overlord. Anytime he makes an appearance in a scene as Ainz will go on. Because it's this whole, it's usually always a whole big thing because in this series, he is the great Ainz will go on, great uh, undead magician. None can stand before him. In season one, we have his fight against the church where he literally switches places with the captain and just like, oh, that's a cute angel. <laughs> Wreck. <laughs> Season two, whenever he meets the Lizard Tribe, it's a whole thing of dramatic thing of Lizard Tribes on one side of the river, his or swamp, and him and his commanders are on the other side. And just as he's walking, the whole thing just freezes. A giant block comes out of the sky and lands. He climbs it, and he's just on this towering mo- monument on top of him and just sits down and just all his power and glory. Just this is how much lower than you are to him. And then in season three, when he enters the battlefield between two kingdoms, he's like, ah, fine, I'll join the battle. 
kills off half the other army single-handedly, then uses those death to summon ten creatures of death, which then proceeds to destroy the rest of the battlefield. He is the ultimate character in this series. Anytime he shows up as signs, we'll go. So basically the kind of entrances that you're you're kind of talking about, I'm getting some vibes of where it's kind of like, you know, which we actually do have one picked out here over this list. Gives me some like Jin Woo vibes. Because literally any entrance that that dude has in solo leveling is fucking top notch. Yes. I'm getting the same vibes here that anything he does, it's like, okay, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, anytime he shows up as him, as Ainz, it's just a whole thing of just showing the significant difference between his power from this other world and this one. And just the way it's always done in the atmosphere and everything is always really good. Also gives me a little bit of vibes of like, um, of Rye from Noblesse a couple times. Yeah. His earlier, like, couple introductions like versus jake and versus uh that that group i can't i'm drawing a blank on their name yeah, though so uh where he basically tells like jake and the leader of that group he said neil and they just drop and mm-hmm. then he's like and ryan's like this is where your eyes should be looking at yes. me <laughs> like I, i'm getting the same vibes here pretty much yeah okay i got you uh one of my other ones is from a classic series great teacher onizuka from the very first episode of the series when he goes to his student's house with a sledgehammer. Hell yeah. Literally to help her out because the whole thing he's been doing, this teacher-student training, and this girl mentions how she can't communicate with her family and they're always arguing. So him being a past delinquent, the only thing that makes sense to him is to go to her house in the middle of the night with a sledgehammer and put a little hole in the wall between her room and her parents' room. I want you to know, for some reason, the only thing I can picture is Triple H. With a sledgehammer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could see that because Onizuka literally shows up shirtless. Oh, yeah. This and, is Triple H, all right. Because, just starts screaming, because, time to play the game. Because he's a, a legendary delinquent, he's got freaking an eight-pack going. Hell, yeah. So, yeah, no. Yeah, he it's, more or less shows up like a wrestler and nice. just breaks this wall. It's just a great moment of just showing us, like, that's illegal? <laughs> but you did good by your student, and for some reason, it's getting her family closer together. So good on you. Good job. <laughs> great work. <laughs> Fucking great work. You got a couple more picked out here as well. You got one from like Bleach, uh, as well as uh, a series called Beck. Is that that the series? That yes. You, uh, I, I've actually never heard of Beck. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your Bleach one and uh, your one from Beck. So Bleach, my one the entrance that I always love from the series is when Ichigo shows up and saves Rukia during the execution. True. Which. Probably not. We don't have a whole lot of bleach, but this is the one of the ones I remember. It's just a great moment of you have all the captains there. Rukia's up, been lifted up and about to get uh, executed by this great Zanpak toe that turns into a phoenix. And he just shows up blocking with Zon, the released version of Zongetsu like it's nothing. And it's just a show. It's a moment of time where it shows Ichigo's power up from his training in the Soul Society arc and just really sets the mood for the final fight that leads to him in Byakuya of their fight. It's just a great moment entrance and a good uh, power moment, one of the very early ones in the Bleach series. And the other one, Beck. Beck is also an older series at this point. It's a slice of life drama about this group who forms the band, which initially called Beck, but then gets changed to Mongolian Chop Squad, which is the other name for this series. And they get invited to play at a music festival, and there's this whole big moment where... They're supposed to go on stage. It's raining and everything, and they've been sort of being separating because of different issues and everything. And then when they're supposed to go up, there's only three of them there. It's a five-group band, and 
their most inexperienced member finally decides, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to start playing because everyone else is going to show up. And he just goes up, start, and I specifically like this during the anime because it is a very heavy music uh, related series. So it's a lot better animated because it actually has the music. And more or less, he goes up, starts playing, and just for, because it consists of two episodes, it starts him playing a Beatles song, then his best friend in the group, the drummer, joins in, then their bass player joins in. Um, finally, their guy who is a rapper shows up, and then their guitarist, and it's just a big build-up moment of just showing that regardless of all this crap that's happened, the difficulties that they're having as a group, they managed to still come together and just put on a phenomenal performance for this crowd at this festival. Right on. So it's just a great moment just to watch, which I, I specifically go and watch those two episodes from time to time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I mean, they, if that's the case, they 100% deserve to be on the list. Yeah. Uh, Josh, why don't you hit some of these One Piece ones? Because honestly, we've got we've got a lot of One Piece interests here that are really dope. There is one that we don't have on here that I did think about. I did not forget. I, did, I don't know why I didn't put it on the list. Because it is good. I rewatched like three times, and even fucking, even one of the characters even literally said the the words. Oh, that's quite the entrance. Is whenever Luffy confronted the admirals, that oh, was a, that yeah. was really dope. Like I rewatched it, and I'm just like, yeah, this should be on the list, but I didn't put it on there for yeah. some reason. But I mean, that was a dope ass entrance. I mean, honestly, that that part of the the series, we've got a couple entrances that are really dope. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you hit some One Piece ones? Yeah, I'll hit some uh, One Piece ones. And if you don't mind, I actually thought of a couple entrances. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hit it. That I'll I'll just kind of spitball afterwards. Sh- shout out. Um, but yeah, let's start. I'll just go down the list here. Um, Shanks entering. At the end of the Summit War. True. It's probably one of the, the best Great entrances. Moment. Yeah, it yeah. is. Like, you know, uh, Akainu is trying to, like, track down Luffy. Blackbeard's over here killing Whitebeard. And then Shanks just, like, rolls up and it's like, the fuck you guys doing? Yeah, basically. It's yeah. Like, what are you dumb motherfuckers doing? And everyone's like, yeah, he should be at he should be fighting Kaido right now. Like, how is he alive? One thing Which that's even great better. about Shanks that I always love is we never see Shanks' armada. It's always just his main ship. Yeah. It, everyone else has, like, armadas, armies. He's just got one ship. Yeah. And that stops everything whenever it shows up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which really set the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, too, um, knowing that at this time, the only reason Shanks isn't there to begin with is because he's fighting Kaido because Kaido's on his way to help kill Whitebeard. So that right. made it even better that he just like showed up unscathed and was just like, "All right, this is fucking over now." It's like, yeah, we, all right. It's like, all right, guys, let's stop fighting. It's like you're coming out to a playground fight. It's like, okay, just let's stop everyone. Yeah, let's calm down, dude. And and how afraid everyone actually yes. is of him too. Yes, because like we got all the ad, like the entire navy there ready to go. Yeah, and they're just like, I ain't gonna fuck with this. Dude. Yeah, it's like, all right, this is my. I, I mean, keep in mind at this point. Whitebeard's already done, right? Yeah, he's White, already he's already done. Yeah, Blackbeard's already got his power. Yeah, and even so, everyone's just like, okay, I, I kind of don't want to fuck with Shanks. Yeah, the Red Dragon crew <laughs> showed up. Yeah, Akainu's there. He's ready to go, but he's just like. Oh, and also, shout out the fact this. that Shanks blocked one like one of his magma punches with just his sword. Yeah, just 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 a great character introduction. Yeah, and like we've never seen Shanks fight or anything, so as far True. as we know, he doesn't because. We have seen him swim, so he doesn't have any power, like devil fruit powers yep. at all, yeah. which makes it even more amazing. Yep. Um, moving on down, uh, Dressarosa has one of the better uh, uh, 
entrances, and that's when Sab you found out Sabo's alive. Yep. But not when you find out he's alive when he like Luffy actually finds out that he's alive. Yep. Yeah. You get a nice little shot there real quick. Yeah. Um which was always an interesting thing for me because I watched the anime when originally when that content happened for me. So when we had the whole flashback of their Luffy, Aces, and Sabo's past, I was like, why should I care about this character? Exactly. And then it, it ends yeah. off with showing Sabo dead. I was like, what was this? Was What was this whole thing? Yeah. And then finally we get that payoff and Dress Rosa. I'm like, my God. Yeah, see, I read it too thinking the exact same thing. I was like, should I just skip this? What is? Why should I care? Like, yeah, so it did, like, reading it was definitely worth it because it did make it even more worth it when we got into Dress Rosa, which was... Honestly, a long ways away from that too. It was. It, it was. was, a, it was yeah. a decent way around. Yeah, it was a long. It was like what four arcs worth of. I think so. Yeah, because the Cause it, yeah, because we got that kid arc before the time skip, right? Yeah, yeah. it was right at the time skip. Yeah, it was, because it happened right after. Uh, it was between Marineford and then uh, Sabayoti. Yes, after the time skip. Okay, was when it happened. It was literally the arc in between those. Okay, then yeah, that's, we got, we had a lot of shit that happened. Yeah, from then to when the reveal happened. <laughs> um. See, how do you have this worded on here? <laughs> that one's that's Zach, dude. No, I literally you messed that up because if you go back, I it, it's the strong world. Whenever when the they cur- go into Shiki's hall, yes. and they're all in, like the mobster, mobster looks. Yeah, they're like if you go back up and scroll, it says mobster for some reason. You oh, I, I, I do. I yeah, do have. I was like, why is it? I was all like, right, that's on me. That's on like, me. What the? F- that's on me. My bad. <laughs> but that was that was a pretty good uh, pretty good entrance when they're just all like decked out and all those clothes and shit. That, honestly, that shot whenever I saw it is the whole reason I watched Strong World. Yeah, like I had it. Uh, I had it as a background on my twenty year old laptop for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. Um, moving on from One Piece, I did think of some sitting here because um, you know I like my memes. True. So, uh, I'm going to throw out the entrance uh, from Jujutsu Kaisen when they find out that Yuji's not actually dead. And he pops out Tr- of the box. Okay, goes, that's fair. That, that's fantastic. That's totally fair. <laughs> and no one cares. <laughs> no one give a fuck. And he's sitting there. He's just stuck in this position with his arms up. He's like, no one is excited. Even before that, he's like, do you think they'll be excited? Because I don't. And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Just pop out of the box and say, oh, and he's like, Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, Gojo's all gung ho. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it'll be great. Just go with it. It'll be Just, fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about Fully it. Fully aware that no one was gonna care. <laughs> yeah, no one cared at all. So okay, that's a good shout out. That's a good shout um, out. Another one is um, because Mob Psycho is another one that I watch that I sometimes forget about. But one of the better entrances is um, it's season one. It's where uh, Mob goes and infiltrates like the evil organization's like base to save all the espers that aren't really espers, and um. It's like fighting all the bad guys at the end, and uh, Reagan comes in, and everyone thinks Reagan's the 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 leader of the bad guys, like some super powerful dude. So all like all like the minions are following him, going like calling him boss and stuff. And uh, you think he gets killed by? Um, it's not like the leader, but it's like the commander of the of this base, like kills him, and then um, he just like mob uses his power to like I guess like heal him, but it, it ends up giving him like a hundred percent of mob's power. So he's just fighting all the all the scars and stuff, and they all think he's just like this super awesome strong Esper when really he has no power at all because he's like just deflecting people's attacks. He's like, how, like, how did you get so high? These attacks aren't even doing anything, and they're like, 
uh, shooting like dark holes at him. It's like these are just like bubbles and just like flicking them away, and everyone's just like, he's so fucking powerful. And it's only because Mob gave him the gave him the power, which it's even better if you guys have watched it because Reagan's like the worst. He is. Yeah. Reagan is awful. Oh, so you have watched it. I've watched a bit of it. Oh, and so I, I'm the lone wolf here. Okay. Yeah, basically. I haven't watched as much as Josh, but I have gotten to the point of Reagan and just his shitty character. Hey, but they do have good openings, though. I do know that at least. Yeah. Reagan's my favorite character because of how shitty he is. Because <laughs> <laughs> this introduction's also really good because it's the very first episode yep. and you have the uh, the people like telling him about the ghost that needs exercising. So he's like, they're like taking him to and he's like, oh, that's it. That's the building. I can feel the evil presence. And the lady's just like, it's actually that building behind you. He's like, well, in this neighborhood, they all have evil presences. Yep. And they're like going to meet the ghost. And he's like, oh shit, I don't know if there's an actual fucking ghost here. And he's like, hold on, I got to call somebody. And they call, he has to call mob to come exercise the ghost. <laughs> Cause he's just throwing like <laughs> table salt at it. Dude, it's great. Um, and you know what? And now that I say all that, I missed another one piece one. Yeah. I, I was going to throw it back to Zach here in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we can all jump in on this one. Yeah. Because uh, it's uh, the Saving Robin mm-hmm. part of Innie's Lobby where everyone just kind of like. Magically makes it to the tower. Yeah. To stand atop of it. Yeah, basically. It's I, one of my favorite moments in One Piece. It's a really good moment. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but you do you. Boo. I don't know what my favorite is. It's one of my favorites. All right. That's fair. Yeah, it is one of my favorites. At the time of it happening, it was my favorite moment because that was just a real big moment of the series at that time just because of everything that just happens. Yep. Just in that small section of them staring at each other from the two towers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. <laughs> for, the, for that, for so long, how long they stand there, quite a bit happens for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that that was uh, that is one of my favorites. I uh, I actually have like a... a uh, jo, jo, you guys have both seen it. I actually yeah. have a uh, custom you know, manga panel background I made for my ultra wide monitor that is just some of like my favorite moments from, you know, in, from my favorite manga series, whatever. And for one piece, that's the moment that I have picked out for uh, the manga panels where all of them are standing up there. I just love it. I, th- I think it's a dope ass moment. Nice. Uh, Zach, why don't you give a shout out to uh you Hawk show, Josh, you can definitely jump in here as well. I really can't. I've seen the show. I own it, but I don't like when you sent this, I didn't fucking remember who the character was. I had yeah. to look it up. That's the sad part is that you own it and I've borrowed it from you. I know. And I forgot. So why don't you give a shout out to this one? The moment I've put down is choose entrance into the dark tournament. Cause he's the first captain of the other teams we see. And it's just a interesting moment of just this guy's the captain, but he comes to the fight drunk. Yep. Everyone regrets that he's managed to show up. <laughs> But the guy who tried to run away, who was supposed to be strong, he's dragging by his neck. And if I remember correctly, he kills him, doesn't he? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, so this drunk fool shows up, and we're just like, what's going on here? Only to find out he's the captain. He can fight Yusuke to a standstill. And gives us one of the best fights of the Knife Edge Deathmatch. Yep. So, I mean, she just had a great introduction and entrance. Which... If I'm not mistaken, his team is really great because it's uh, Tim, the Yo-Yo Kid, and then Jin, right? Jin's on his team? No, Jin is part of the next team. Win guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's ne- part of the next team, the okay. Elementals. He's the captain of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I remember. That's my bad. It's been a while since I watched it. It's though. been a hot fucking minute since I've seen you, Hakusho. I well, love the series, but it's, it's been a goddamn while. 
I should say it's a, been a hot minute since I watched the Dark Tournament. I haven't made it there yet. I've been watching it on Funimation. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, you haven't made it at the Dark Tournament? No, I mean, I've watched the entire series. He's just talking about I've it on been, his current rewatch. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm rewatching it. It's been like, when, when did I borrow it from you? Like Years ago. Like five, six, seven yeah. years ago? It's been a long yeah. time since you borrowed that. It's been a while since I watched <laughs> it, to be honest. That and Full Metal Alchemist, I borrowed them like about the same time. Uh, I need to I need to do a uh, Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood rewatch sometime soon. It's one of my favorites, and I, I'll go ahead and give a shout-out to a great entrance from that one. Honestly, Full Metal has a lot of great stuff out of it in terms of interests and introductions. I mean, um, I can't believe I just drew Ling. Ling's introduction was fantastic. Yep. Very funny. Good, good, you know, set up for what we're going to get out of him later with uh, Greed Ling. You know, love that. He's the best character. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but the best entrance out of that series, and I think anyone that watches has seen Full Metal can fucking agree is Roy Mustang's entrance, uh, actually the exact episode, episode 19, which is the episode where he fucking fried the fuck out of lust. Because, like, the setup for this is that um, one of his uh, one of his uh, squad mates that's with him, I think, you know, he was, I think he was injured. Uh, if I remember correctly, was he, like, paralyzed or something? After, after this, didn't lust, like, hit him at, like, lower, like, in his spine or something? I don't remember. Never watched uh, Brotherhood. Do you remember? I don't remember. Like we uh, said, it's been about five, yeah. six years since I watched But anyway, so, you know, he gets injured. Roy gets injured. He gets, like, you know, shot, like, right right around, you know, the ribcage kind of area, whatever. And then you have uh, Lust going up against uh, Hawkeye and Al. Lust getting the better of them. And then, you know, you have Roy coming in to save the day. And even someone even, you know, she even makes the comment. She's like, how are you standing? You know, I, I stabbed you in the stomach. He's like, I seared my wound shut. I almost passed out from the pain. And he's sitting there holding his wound where he fucking sealed his Hawkeye points out that she's like, oh, he doesn't have his gloves, but he, he carved his transmutation circle on his hand. And then fucking Roy just just burns lust alive. He's like, he, he's like, you said I couldn't kill you, huh? Well, how about I test that? And just keeps on just you know, unleashing his fury. Cause you know, keep in mind, he's still seeking revenge against the homunculus because of, uh, you know, Mace Hughes. So this is part of his revenge which is fucking just roasting lust. And just, uh, everything about that was phenomenal. And then it just ended so well also of just him not moving a fucking inch whenever, you know, it gets to the point where he actually does succeed in killing her. Cause he, he burns her philosopher's stone. That's keeping her alive, whatever. But like right before that happens, she sends out one of her, her claws to stab him in the face. And like he, it stops like right in front of his nose and he doesn't even fucking move an inch. He's like, nah, fuck you. You're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, just a great entrance, man. That is one that I love to go back and rewatch. And the only reason I was able to quote it that well is because I did just rewatch it like today. Because <laughs> 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 it's great, man. I love it. It's so fucking good. It's a 10 out of 10 one. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's hit some ones that um, aren't actually animated. Uh, we got four here on the list that are uh, you know, only in manga format or webtoon format. So let's, let's hit the manga one first. I feel like all three of us can really appreciate this one. Um, and that is uh, from a series that uh, is a giant meme, but we love this meme. It's a series that Josh once, a t once upon a time despised with a burning passion. But he's gone on a long redemption arc, and now he enjoys this series, and that is you, Mashal Magic and Muscles. You know, that rede <laughs> redemption arc started about a year ago in the original Animan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, 
fucking hate this. Like this is like the first in Texas named Chad or whatever. It's Brad. Brad. Yeah. yeah. I was like, his name's Brad. This I is hate so this. this is so stupid. Yeah. But uh recently, Mashal Magic and Muscles, a, a series, a manga in Weekly Shonen Jump. That's gonna be posted in anime, probably we'll probably get some anime news about it probably later this year or something. It's very it's it's been very successful for Shonen Jump so far. Um it recently celebrated its one year anniversary in the uh, the magazine and with that we got a nice little 29 page chapter for the one year anniversary and that was a that was a fucking top tier chapter so in this chapter you know we're in the middle of um you know what, what like what are, what is the content was the games that we're in what is it called exactly the divine visionary games thank you you know we're in the middle of that everyone's divided into their separate teams whatever you have uh, our character our our good buddy finn you know he has the only remaining like relic of his team because Mash and the other dude's a dumbass and accidentally dropped it and broke it already before the games even started. So <laughs> how hard could this be? Yeah, so Finn's the only one that has one, and if it gets destroyed, they lose. So he's sitting here fucking trying to escape this fucking psychotic looking dude who feels no pain, whatever. And Finn's being like tortured throughout the entire fucking chapter, just like being stabbed, being knocked around, blah blah blah. Where it's like, is it? Are they, is this guy gonna kill Finn? It's like, what the fuck's happening? And then the chapter ends in a beautiful way. Of Mash just coming in and fucking smashing that dude's face in the fucking wall. Yeah. That was a great fucking entrance. That chapter was an easy nine that week. Oh, that, I love that one year anniversary chapter, dude. That was so fucking good. Um, you know, hopping over, talking about some webtoon uh, ones that uh, Zach's going to be able to really hop in here with me and, and agree with me on these for sure. Let's let's go ahead and kick off with solo leveling because I already mentioned earlier. Jin Woo, our pro tag. First and foremost, this dude has multiple entrances yes. that could be brought on this list. I mean, like the one with like the orcs at the school. Yep. That one was good. The one we just got recently was yep. fucking awesome. But the one that stands out to me. Juju Island? Juju Island. That's the one that stands out to me because like, and you know, I, on here on our script, I even have it. I don't even have it set as the chapter it happened. I have it set as the chapters that it happened because it's three chapters worth of an amazing entrance mm -hmm. starting with chapter 100 going up to chapter 102. So, you know, all, you know, Jin Wu initially declined the invitation to go do this Island raid to destroy all these fucking insects, whatever. Uh, so he's back home in Korea currently. And, um, you know, all the other hunters, uh, the Korean hunters, uh, the J Japanese hunters, whatever, they're all on this island trying to kill all these insects before they can reach fucking land because these insects will fucking murder the human population very quickly. Giant-ass insects, mind you. And uh, there's now uh, there's now one that's popped up uh, who can talk. He has intelligence. You know, and his first initial response is like, you know, he kills one person. He's like, who is your king? He's like, I sense a strong power level that way. He goes over, encounters one of our Japanese hunters, whatever. He's like, are you, are you the king? And you know, our, that hunter, you know, who's poses this big badass for multiple chapters up to this point. It's like, yeah, I'm the king. I'm the king. And then he gets one shot. The insect fucking cuts his head off immediately. Dunzo. Easy peasy. The chapter ends where, you know, this insect comes back. He's like, that wasn't your king. What the fuck? I'm pissed. Uh, I want your king. Give me your king. You know, and then, you know, all these Korean hunters that you've got to meet up to this point, guild leaders, you know, we're talking the top of the tops here, S ranks, but, you know, nowhere near our, our pro tag. They're all about to get fucked. And then out of nowhere, you just see one of, you see one of the shadows just pop up and just block an attack. And then the one thing that I love about the entrance itself was like, I love the paneling down to it because then like you see the shadows come up, block an attack and mm -hmm. you hop back to Korea and you see like, you know, the city, right? And you, it's at a far wide shot, and it's slow, each panel is slowly zooming in to just Jin Woo just walking down the sidewalk. 
and he just like looks up, his eyes start to glow, and he just says exchange, which is his power to swap places with one of his shadows. So he immediately pops into the battlefield. Going into the next chapter, one of my favorite moments was the fucking director back in Korea getting super hyped at the TV. Because mind you, all this is being broadcasted to the whole world. Okay, and the director of Korea is like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, that's Jin Woo, let's go. It's like, we got this now, boys. It's like, it's all going to be good. Dude, Zach, talk about it, man. This like Is this entrance just not fucking top tier? I mean, the entrance itself is just amazing. And the thing that you're really you're really hyping up his actual entrance of when he comes in yep. and not really focused on just the buildup that was to because you said the whole shot on the uh, sidewalk and everything but there's also the whole fact of where they see this ant not only does he kill the japanese hunter he who's the top one he comes back to the korean team with the guy's head if yep. i remember correctly yep. and shows in all <laughs> of them just like oh god oh we're fucked <laughs> and just the directors and everyone going oh no what do we do we can't show all our hunters dying and they actually cut the feed when they think that everyone's going to die. Yep. Until Jin Woo sh- or Jai Woo shows up or and it's just like there ready to fight and then the, yeah the director gets all hyped up and like yeah we're going to go and this I don't remember if, if it was this because I think it's in this one where he turns to the guy with the camera and like turn it off. Yeah. And the guy does it and he's like what? And then it just goes in the whole him fighting the ant um, thing and it's so super strong and everything and just and it feeling fear, yeah, great fear. <laughs> yes, no, dude, his his entrance is is phenomenal. And shout out to every other one that he has as well. Like this dude doesn't have a bad entrance. Like everything, every time he comes into a situation, you are immediately pumped and it is hype as fuck every time. Yeah, one of the ones I like to shout out because you mentioned the orcs at the school, but yep. the one that I really like, which. It's sort of an entrance, sort of a reveal. When the B team was sort of dragged to the orc's court. And as they're about to die, he just sort of jumps in, saves the person. He's just, can I kill them? Yeah. And just, it's a great moment of just the guy going, what just happened? And realizing he was saved by the guy they thought was just a porter. Right, right. <laughs> Um, you know, another, another webtoon one we've got here is uh, God of High School. This is a, one of my favorite moments. I know I've mentioned it in a bonus cast or Animan Plus in the past, but uh, Maury Jin's entrance to the war that's happening. I think that was uh, part four, mm-hmm. part four of the webtoon series. So we have, the, we have, it's Ragnarok is what's happening at this time. And mind you, Maury Jin's been gone for like 250 chapters. Like, this dude's been gone, maybe not that much. Probably like, I mean, you're, pro- you're not wrong. I mean, it's that, more, That's an exaggeration, but it's a fair exaggeration. It's more uncommon for him to actually be there. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't happen very often. This dude is never fucking here, okay? It's like 200 chapters he's been gone. We've had a Maury stand-in this whole time. Maury Hugh, one of his clones, which, mind you, that ties into this whole entrance because literally in this chapter, which is uh, chapter 285, that's when Maury Hugh, you know, bit it. Maury Hugh finally just disappeared. Uh, the clone finally just ate, ate shit. You have some you have some exchanges between uh, Dewey and you know whoever either they're going up against and stuff. You know you have some fighting kind of happening, and then it just has like a moment where like you just see like a close up on Dewey's face, and he's just kind of like almost like it's like a, a it's like a sense of relief from him. And like one panel is like you know you really are, and then it has the next panel where you see like a full body shot of him. It's just like really late, and kind of behind him you can kind of make out there's someone standing behind him, and then it flips the 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 panel where it's Maury Jin standing behind him. He's just like, yeah, I'm sorry, it took a lot longer to get here than I thought it was going to. 
And then setting up that entrance, whatever, you know, where Maury Jin's just like, you guys have done really well. Shout out to Maury Hugh. He's done really well. But I'll take it from here. And he's thousands of clones all over the place, which then sets us up also with the next chapter where, you know, he, you know, I've, I know I've mentioned this before, I think in our last bonus cast yep. where, you know, Maury Jin's, you know, telling all of his clones that, okay, we're about to have a funeral for Maury Hugh with the blood of our enemies. And if that's not a fucking great ass entrance, I don't know what the fuck is, especially since like we've been waiting for Maury Jin to come back for so long. Oh dude, it's top 10 great entrance, man. Uh, Zach, why don't you talk about this one that we've got from Unordinary? This one, oh, we've had a lot of buildup for this. Yeah, it was really big buildup for this. And it's the confrontation between John and Seraphine because for the longest time and still slightly in the series, John's just being a complete douche. He's fallen into his power uh, trip and has to beat everyone down because he feels everyone's against him. And he can't reason that people aren't always against him and decides to take it out on anyone he sees and it's taken out on uh, Arlo. Arlo and, and uh, what was her name? Remy. Remy. Yeah. Remy. And he's just attacking them and they're trying to defend themselves. And as he's about to off them, Seraphine shows up. And yep. not just Seraphine, who's been without powers for the longest time, Seraphine with her powers returned after being gone for an abysmal amount of chapters like 150 chapters or something yeah no it's a ridiculous about yeah and she shows up to confront john with her powers intact which one thing i like to mention in which i guess we should have mentioned this is slightly spoily for unordinary because this still is fairly recent that's fair um that's fair yeah think about that (laughs) so you may want to put up that spoiler tag for good measure on this one okay um yeah one thing that was really odd is John couldn't use her power. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah, that was really weird, you know. Yeah, but it was just a great moment of her showing up and really reintroducing Seraphine as the top uh, controller of powers with her time manipulation and just her confrontation with John and trying to rein him in and help him realize what he's been doing wrong all this time. Yeah, and you know just. The, the pacing leading up to the entrance was great because I, I think, um, if I remember right, it was like John was about to, like, you know, throw, like, a spike down attack on him, whatever. Yeah. And then it's just, like, the the piece by piece where it's just, like, their move, you know, you get the time stuff happen, and then just, like, the slow walk up that she's got, and her line is great. So short, sweet, to the point. John, we need to talk. Great, great way to end the chapter. That baby was a 10 that week. Uh, I have a personal one that I want to give a shout out to, and then uh, I'll pass it over to Josh. We can hit out like a, a Black Clover one we've got here. Got a couple of my hero ones that are pretty solid. So a personal one that I have, it's always been one of my favorites, is uh, from my favorite series, Kaito Hitman Reborn. This is one of my favorite entrances in, in an anime period, and that is during uh, the future arc where Hibari, everyone's favorite cloud guardian, uh, everyone's sassy boy who wants to be alone and gets sick when he's around people for too long, uh, encounters all the, uh, the Mifori troops. Uh, this takes place in episode 101. I believe the episode's called Night Raid. And what made this episode, what made this entrance so great is throughout the entire episode, you have like almost like an anxiety-driven type of feeling throughout the whole episode because like the Von Gola family are getting ready to raid the Mephora family themselves. They're getting ready to raid their base. But at the same time, 
you know, my four family's ready to invade the Von Gola's base because there's a tracker thanks to, I don't remember his full name, but it's Glow something. He was, he was the, uh, I think he was the mist uh, yeah. Mar ring holder, the, the fake Mar ring. Or no, he was Mr. Rain, one of the two, but it's Glow Gina or something like that. Glow put a tracker on Chrome. So when they brought Chrome back to the Von Gola base, he's known where the base has been this entire time. Um, so like throughout this entire episode, you have like this eerie, like anxiety driven feeling because like they know where Von Gola is, but Von Gola doesn't know that. So Von Gola's like, all right, yeah, guys, we're getting our last bit of training in tomorrow's the big day. We're going to go raid the Malfoy family and kick some ass. Let's go, you know? And then it, you know, they all go to sleep. You know, the, the paneling of the, the shots of this episode is so well done because it shows them asleep. Everyone's in their beds having a great time. And you have all the troops digging down into the ground where the, the hidden base is for the Von Gola family. And then when they finally dig through, all the troops just start jumping in and it's just a giant empty room. And they're just like, where the fuck are we? We don't know where we are. And their one exit above them, you see, you see pipes, cloud pipes go across it. Get some great music playing. You see Habari walking up and, you know, makes a comment. It's like, you know, rats will always come together in a pack just to die together. He, you see the tracker. He drops it down there where they are. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, we've been had. Which then props a lot of questions like, how did Hibari know that? You know, how did he know they were all going to be there? And then it's just the end of the episode where Hibari pulls out his tonfas. Cloud flames activate. And the next episode is Hibari taking on the entire you know, Mithori troops completely by himself. And keep in mind, you know, in the future arc with Hibari, you know, he's so powerful, he can't have just one or two rings. He has a fucking large-ass collection of cloud rings because they break consistently. Yeah, anytime he uses it, it immediately just shatters. Yeah, because, like, he, he has just so much flame output. So this whole time during this fight, he's just breaking ring after ring, just taking everyone on by himself. You know, because, you know, they, he set him up. You know, he brought the tracker to there because, you know, he knew they were going to come, which you find out how he knows later on, which I won't say here because it's kind of off topic. But it just further adds to the incredible entrance that that was of him coming in, you know, you know, saying that all the all the all you rats all come together as a pack to, you know, I'm going to bite you all to death together. Like, it, dude, it was just a great ass. It's one of my personal favorites in anime history. Um, Josh, why don't you hit a, uh, like a Black Clover one? We got one Black Clover one. There's not actually as many entrances in Black Clover as you would think there would be. There's a couple that are okay, but there's none that's really over the top. The reason I, I personally picked this one out is because the anime did it really well. The anime did this scene phenomenal. And you know you say that, but I can't really remember it. Really? Yeah. This was a great one, man. Because I'm reading it and I was like, that's, it it, it was during the, during the uh, elves arc, right? No, no. This was when uh, they were competing to make the, uh, the royal knights. The royal knights. Whenever Fenrir's up against his brother. Yeah, Langris. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't remember that. Man, this is a good one. My uh, memory sucks. I can tell. I need to watch things and read things more. Yeah. I mean, the specific moment we're talking about is when Fenrir has the match against his brother and loses. Well. Well, yeah, no, loses. Yeah, yeah, he already he, lost. He lost. And, and Langris is about to go overboard. Yeah, Langris. Oh, shit, this is the one that introduces Zora, right? Zora's introduced yeah, in this Zora arc, is but, not, yeah. Not, yeah. but not in this. Okay, so now I'm remembering where we're at now. Yeah, yeah, and Langris is about to go over the top, and he's infuriated about everything that's happening, and he's about to obliterate his brother as he goes to make some move. Literally, all the Black Bulls that are on stand shoot off in all their different ways, and... They're ready. They're ready to fuck them up. Yeah, they yeah. surround Langris. Like the anime does this scene so fucking well because it goes from like a real tense moment of where Langris is about to go overboard and kill this dude, you know, kill kill Finral, and then you just have like kind of a quiet moment where there's like no music playing or anything, and all of a sudden you just see 
fire in the sky, lightning in the sky, black magic in the sky, and, you know, just real fucking quick. And then all three of them just surround them. And I think it was, uh, you know, the, you know, I think it was Magna initially said, it's like, oh, screw the rules. And Lux is like, yeah, you make one more step, we'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't <Dude>. care. <laughs> See, now I'm remembering, I, when you were talking about Black Clover ones, I thought you were going to say uh, the first time we get introduced to Black Asta. That, that's fair. Because in the anime, that was like, that's pretty dope. Okay, the anime did that a lot better. Because, like, yeah. have you actually read that arc in the manga at all? No. Okay. Um, I actually started the manga after okay. the elves. For that, for, for block, uh, Black uh, Asta. That, Black Asta? Yeah, Block. You know, like Roblox. Yeah. Uh, his introduction in the manga was he got the power and he immediately one shot. Like, you know, the black meteorite that he used. Was it black meteorite? Was yeah. The he immediately used it in one shot, and that was it. You know, meanwhile, the anime had it, a really... It was a whole episode. A whole episode, so a whole fight, a very uniquely animated fight, mind you. It's kind of like what we mentioned towards the end of the Black Clover anime. Like, that that anime is that... Per I forgot the animator's name, but it's, that's their playground. Yeah. yeah. They like to have a lot of fun, do some fun stuff. But, you know, you're right. That's that's a very good entrance of that, uh, of Black... Yeah. That's the one you, I thought you were talking about. But that, that, No, I'm glad you said that, because that's a great one. When I saw it in the script, I was like, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that, that is a good one. <laughs> Um, we do have a couple of my hero ones here. Josh, do you want to give some shout outs to those two? You know, I would, but I don't know what we are here <laughs> is. <laughs> I know that one's fine. I didn't think you guys would remember that one, but, but. I do remember, um, uh, all my appearing at the training ground when yeah. the uh, league of villains attacks, the, you know, obviously this is very early in the series. So it's, you know, it's not, you know, yeah, it's not like far fetched for me to say this, but it's the first time you see him legitimately fucking pissed. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. Aside from like flashbacks and even really the first time you get introduced to what All Might can actually do, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are here though. I, I did I did purposely go kind of vague on that one because yeah. I'm a big fan of this one. Re we are here is um you know in in the range where Bakugo was captured and you know he's in the room with the League of Villains and he's trying to mentally plot out like okay I can blast them all with this I can do this like how the fuck can I escape and you just hear a knock on the door it's just like. So and so pizza, it's got completely quiet. Everyone's like, "The fuck!" And all of a sudden, it's just like smash, and just, you know, all might bust through the wall. You know, uh, you know, uh, the woods dudes there as well. Yeah, Ed shots there. Grand Trino's there, and then hit. You know, the we are here thing is what is all might's line because normally it's always I am here, but then it's like we are here, and just completely they just take out the League of Villains pretty much immediately. And you know, it's honestly it's a really great entrance because one, it let, it started off funny with the knock on the door oh you know hey your pizza you know just and then just kind of build up from there and also had a really great moment of just kind of like horror horror in all might's face when bakugo got taken away again and he's just like no just screaming because you know he doesn't really fail at saving people so that was one of the times where he failed at saving yeah. someone so that was just a real that was a solid entrance that I mostly because the pizza thing the pizza thing still kind of cracks me up <laughs> I still go back and rewatch that entrance of we are here and I still get I still laugh at the pizza thing <laughs> <laughs> I still really enjoy that one um, I'll, I'll hit a uh, I'll hit a fire force one and then we'll hit a couple more that we've got here I think we're down to the bottom the bottom of the barrel here now I think we're, we're down to the last ones being a couple of notable Naruto ones not to say they're bad just 
last on the list. Yeah, last on the list. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so one Fire Force one that I want to give a shout out to is when Shinra saves uh, Tamaki, uh, season one, episode eight. So, you know, a couple episodes before this, you have Tamaki um, here. In her weird maid outfit. <laughs> yeah, in, in the maid outfit, yeah. You know, Tamaki's here with uh, one of the other, the dudes from the Division One, whatever, that she's part, you know, that she's a part of. And he's just like, he's trying to turn someone into, you know, um, uh, you know, pyro user mm-hmm. by having these, you know, these insects bite them. And he's just like trying to cheer them on. It's like, oh, you can take it. You can take it. And if they don't take it, he kills them then because they turn into an infernal. So he, you know, he kills them. But then he, you know, and it's, it's kind of, it's a really brutal kind of episode because, you know, the backstory behind this is Tamaki like looks up to this dude immensely. Like, and mind you, he's doing this to children. Yeah, children. Yeah, like he did. I think he did it to like one like adult only. Like there was one adult there that I think he turned into Infernal and killed. Yes. And then he's been doing it to children ever since. You know, trying to, he's trying to create another. Um, what is it called? Adala burst. I think is what it's called. Which is what Shinra, Shinra yeah. has. I think it's like a Adala burst. He's trying to create another one of those. Someone to be in sync with that flame. And, uh, you know, it, it's a very, like, brutal episode because, like, Tamaki has got, like, such admiration for this guy. And he's just, like, he's beating the fuck out of her. Like, he's full-blown just beating her down. And, she you know, she can't fight back. She admires this dude to, to hell and back. And she, you know, begs him to stop, try, you know, stop hurting these kids, basically. And then he just kind of starts going from there, you know, that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking kill you, too. You know, and just starts beating the fuck out of her. And, you know, Shinra's trying to find them. You know, he's flying around the city. He's trying to fucking find them. And, you know, Tamaki has a moment where she's, you know, screaming and begging someone to help, uses her flames, whatever, which sends the flames up in the sky, which Shinra's able to see and make his amazing entrance, mind you. Uh, but then, you know, after she did that was whenever, you know, this dude, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know he's got the fucking star eyes. And I don't know why he's got star eyes, but he does. But, uh, you know, he starts, like, you know, just kicking her, you know, you know, bashing her face in, just beating the fuck out of her. And then you just get, like, the beautiful shot of where you see the hole in the ceiling of this warehouse they're in. And Shinra just flying in. Shinra kick! Yeah, this great shot of where Shinra's got, like, that smile he's got where it's just, like, a devil smile. He's, uh, dude, he's ready to go. He's pumped. He just comes in, just fucking just, like, stomps this dude's face into the fucking ground. You get the, you know, which I've already praised before. I fucking love the sound effect they use for anyone that uses their fire. I think it's, so, it's a, it's a great sound effect, you know, and just fucking bashes this dude into the fucking ground. It's like, it's like, it's not even a quick one too. Like, yeah, it only takes a couple seconds, but it's not like instant. It's like initial foot to the face, then to the ground and then further into the ground. Like yeah. it's, it's like a step-by-step step of him being there. And then to finish off the entrance, you know, Shinra looks over to Tamaki, who by the way, I will die for. I want to make that known <laughs> again. Uh, he looks over to Tomaki and says, "You know, hey Tomaki, are you okay?" And she and like t- to end this episode, she didn't even say a line. She just like looks at Shinra. She's already like got tears in her eyes, and then she basically just like is like trying to fight back tears with a mix of bawling, like just full blown crying because someone actually fucking came and, and saved them. Great entrance, man. Shinra's entrance to that is 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 fucking phenomenal. That I think like, I already was enjoying Fire Force up up until episode eight. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm getting behind this. This is pretty entertaining. But I think that was when I was immediately like really on board. I'm like, oh, that was dope. That was so fucking good. All right, so let's finish things off. Um, oh, I do have one that I missed. That's my B, and that is uh, that's one from uh, Dragon Ball Super. I did miss that one. 
so one that I have from Dragon Ball Super for an entrance is where Goku is alive. It's the first introduction to Ultra Instinct. And anyone with a half a brain cell with how Dragon Ball goes, you know Goku's not fucking dead. You know he's not, okay? But, he, he, but the thing is, and that's why I have to praise this entrance, is because even though you know he's not dead, the entrance and the introduction to Ultra Instinct was done so well. It was paced and built up so well in these few scenes of where, you know, initially, you know, Jiren throws back the spirit bomb basically eats up Goku, Goku's gone, and then it's just kind of like all completely quiet. And then just the line of Beerus saying, he's coming, and then just the beam of light appears, Goku's there, looks completely different with the fucking aura going around him, his eyes, whatever, this ultra instinct power. You know, and then you just transition into a phenomenal fight with some pretty solid music. Ultimate Battle is a pretty solid anime track that's come out over the past few years uh, between him and Jiren with the introduction of Ultra Instinct and Goku just, you know, really actually able to finally stand his ground with Jiren. Honestly, because of the buildup and everything, makes it a great entrance because, like, you know he's not dead. You're not, we're not stupid. We know he's not. We can hope. We can hope, Hmm. you know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, But even, even us, even the fact that we knew he wasn't, and it was still that good because of the pacing and the build-up behind it. Got to give a shout-out to it, man. It was a good one. All right. Got a couple of Naruto ones, and we can finish off here the show. Um, one that I added on pretty late into right before we kind of set to record this afternoon because it, it just popped in my head, and I just personally really enjoy it, is um, I don't remember the exact arc. It was around – yeah, I do. It's around the Kage Summit. Uh, mm-hmm. That happens with, like, you know, you had all the stuff with Donzo. Donzo is dead. Fuck that dude. Thank God he died. Um, where Sakura attempts to kill Sasuke, and she just can't bring herself to do it, you know. And you know, Kakashi's fighting Sasuke. Great fight there. Great, you know, overall great stuff here between teacher and student of Sasuke, who's completely off the deep end. This dude's full blown in the deep end, man. And just the entrance of Naruto saving Sakura when he's about like Sasuke is full blown about to kill Sakura, which you know Sakura can't really believe. Kakashi's like, oh man, he was really about to kill her. You know, of just the great entrance of, of of Naruto sweeping in and saving her. You know, the great look back he does where it's just like a glare of death Naruto has. And then, you know, just kind of from there where Naruto is just trying to talk talk to Sasuke. They have one little brief Jidori Rasengan kind of thing. And then it's just Naruto basically talking to Sasuke. It's like, hey, our fight's going to come. And when our fight comes, like, we'll both die. But I need you, like, please hold in all of your anger and unleash it upon me. Like, I'm the only one that can take it. Me and you, we're, we're going to throw down eventually. Just hold in everything. Hold it for me because I'm the only one that can handle it. Great entrance, great setup. And then after Sasuke ends up leaving, you know, Naruto passes out immediately because the mm-hmm. cut that he got on his face from Sasuke's blade had poison in it. So it, it kind of adds to the whole entrance scene where this entire time this is happening, Naruto's poisoned and he, he does, he's not even phased by it because he's focused on Sasuke here. And then as soon as Sasuke's gone, Naruto just passes the fuck out because of this fucking poison. You you saying the whole saving soccer thing makes I do want to shout out one entrance that I just like out of the weirdness that it was was Hunkel's entrance in Dragon Quest in the fight against the commanders. <laughs> yeah, that was recent, right? Yeah. Yeah, when yep. he when he cat no not not those commanders, the oh, dark okay. commanders. Gotcha. When he <laughs> catches Ma'am as she's about to be thrown on the spikes, my dramatized version of that. <laughs> I just want to shout that out because just that interest itself, now that I dramatize it, just, it's great for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, the last one we have on the list, and this is, again, it's one of the most notable entrances in, in anime history, uh, is when Naruto ali- uh, arrives to the uh, Leaf Village during the pain arc. Do it. 
I forgot it. Oh my god! Come on, Josh, <laughs> dude. Dang it, man, dude, you're killing me. How could you forget this one? This is literally like one of the top entrances in anime history. Yes, it is. Whatever stage mode and everything. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna say something that's gonna it's gonna offend a lot of people. Naruto <laughs> is super forgettable for me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know why. Because like, I mean, like. Okay, I want the record to be known for any listeners out here that, you know, make it seem like I'm, I'm putting Naruto, like, on this massive pedestal as the greatest series ever. It is one of the greatest, but it's, per, like, not personally my favorite. But it just blows me away that it's so forgettable that, for you because of how notable the series is. And when you read it, you were pumped about the I series. I was very pumped about yeah, it. Yeah, you were and just like, I can't, I, you, you were upset that it took you this long to get into yeah, it. Yeah, I read it in, like, a week, and, bro, I can't even remember it. Oh, well, this entrance was, you know, obviously we're, we're in the middle of this pain arc, right? Pain's already wiped out the entire fucking village. Kakashi is dead at this point. You know, yeah, air quotes, dead. Uh, <laughs> you know, the entire village is, is fucked. Tsunade's trying her best against, Nar- you know, against pain, whatever. Sakura's like in her tears, whatever, and she screams out, you know, Naruto, please hurry. And then, you know, after that, you see a little poof out in the battlefield. And you get a nice little track, whatever. He goes like toad by toad. Naruto's on the battlefield in sage mode with three giant ass fucking toads, Which including he never summons again. Yes, but you know he summons uh he summons the the younger toad later on, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But uh, those those three, you never see them again. Besides like the elder toad, I think you see him a couple more times because he's. I mean, he was in the original Naruto as well. But it's a great shot of okay, the hero is fucking here. Let's go. You know he is here at the battlefield against the dude that killed his master, this shit's about to get wild. You know, Tsunade's down on the battlefield as well, whatever. And, you know, then to, you know, to help set the, 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 the tone of how great his entrance is when Naruto kind of like starts to talk to pain, Naruto fucking crushes one of the pains instantly. Like he just like just lands down on it, just completely shatters it. And Naruto's like, no, you're fighting me. Like, don't even worry about it, dude. Great entrance, man. It's one of the greatest in anime history. It really is. I'm, I'm kind of surprised yeah, you completely forgot a, about it. It's a really good entrance, but... One of the most notable. I vaguely remember it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess because I commit so many other things to memory. That's fair. Like, other things just kind of fade away. Yeah. But, man, if you want to start with Chapter 1 of One Piece, I can break it down for you chapter by chapter. There you go. For, <laughs> for a thousand and ten chapters. Can you, though? I can get pretty close. <laughs> can you though? I can get fairly close. Can I get closer than I could with Naruto. I mean, that's out of, fair. Out of all the series he knows, I feel like he could do it in One Piece. Yeah, he is the the uh, official One Piece expert of this show. So I feel like I could do it with Jujutsu Kaisen too. Yeah, you're one. a big fan of that one. One Piece, JJK, and Doctor Stone are your three big ones right Chainsaw now. Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that one coming out. Yeah. Give me like another day, and I can do it with uh, Tokyo Revengers. So nice. You got to watch that episode, Josh. It's pretty solid. Well, I figure since we weren't actually recording an episode this week. That's fair. That's that fair. I would kind of take a break from watching everything and just double up next week. Gotcha. Um, well, that is actually our entire list, unless you guys thought of something else that you want to give a shout out to. You know, I've been over here racking my brain trying to think of another, like, super cool entrance or introduction. Mm-hmm. I can't off the top of my head. Like, we talked about it before the show, like, Chelsea and uh, Dr. Stone was really funny yeah. for an entrance. Zach's, spirit animal. Yeah, Zach, Zach's spirit animal yeah. of Dr. Stone, yeah. Like, hers was really good. Honestly, speaking of spirit animals, our MC from Elusive Samurai, he may be on the list just because of crap he says. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, Actually, that just that just popped one in, in, in my head because, you know, Elusive Samurai being a newer series. Uh, Miss Riza from ITLC. 
great character introduction. Yeah. Because throughout that whole yeah. chapter, I, I mean, the writing of chapter one of I Tell C was done so well. Literally think she's the murderer. Yeah, you think she's the murderer. You, you think this random dude who's being stalked is your pro tag. You have no idea. And it, great character introduction, man. It, that was that was top tier. Yeah. That That's what immediately got me hooked on I Tell C. I was going to shout out to, uh, it's not really like an entrance entrance, but like when Gojo uh, cracks the barrier and goes into fight Hanami and like just like instantly like sh- just fucking shoots um, absolute purple or whatever at him. Mm-hmm. Like that was pretty cool. That was pretty dope. I would call that an entrance. You know, I would. I, w- I would call that an entrance because I mean, he just cracked, he just cracked the barrier and you, know, you see him floating up in the sky, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah. That was, that was, that was fucking super dope. Yeah. Zach, you got anything? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully you guys made it all the way to the end of this. I know this is probably a lengthy one. Um, I had fun with this. I enjoy stuff like this. We already have our next bonus cast and spoiler cast lined up because we have already purchased tickets to go see Demon Slayer, the movie. That's true. Yeah. So we're, we're going to see that on opening night here. Uh, so we will be doing a spoiler cast, really talking about the movie in full detail. And we'll do a bonus cast for it as well. That will be spoiler free. But that one, that I imagine that's going to probably be pretty short. Like, it's tough for me to see that going probably past 20 minutes. <laughs> But yeah, I, if we're gonna do it, spoiler. Yeah, free, if it's yeah. Gonna be, yeah, I see that being a very short, like very dance around, like just talk about some base things, talk about some things that you you liked and loved and hated and disliked about just general aspects of how they did the movie, how they did the arc, but without really spoiling stuff. But I see that being like a ten to twenty minute podcast. But either way, we got it lined up. We got our tickets purchased. I'm ready. I'm pretty pumped for that. That's uh, next week, right? Yep. Yeah. And next week. Next week of the, of this recording. I don't think this recording is actually coming out until that week. So, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If there are any entrances that are really notable that we missed, please let us know over at, at Animan Podcast on Twitter. If there's any entrances or character introductions that we just didn't include, cause it's like a, you know maybe a lesser known one, but maybe one of your personal favorites. Let us know that as well over at 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 Animan Podcast. Man, I can't talk today. I've bought, I've butchered a lot of words <laughs> this episode. It's okay. Like I, I think I'm like up to probably double digits. I think it's probably the most I've ever had in a single episode. But uh, do you guys have anything to say to finish off the show here? I'm going to say like, comment, rate, subscribe, anything your platform allows. It does help. Thanks. Yeah, go follow us on uh, Twitter at Animan Podcast. Thank you for not butchering like I did. I appreciate that. Um, I could butcher it. You could follow us on Twitter at <laughs> 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 yeah, where we put up weekly polls and stuff, which we still got to get our weekly. And poll. we barely tweet. Yeah, we barely mm-hmm. tweet. We've kind of dropped the ball. I'm looking to bring another party into that. Yeah. You know, bring bring someone else in, help us out. on Please, that. God, all of us are awful at social media. That's true. I, I get on social media pretty consistently. I get on Twitter pretty consistently, but I just don't hop on the anime one as much. It's as I sad that I'm the best one at keeping updated, keeping the anime one updated. Yeah. Well, anyway. That's going to do it from us, guys. I've had fun with this. Uh, what's going to be our next one? That's a big question. But I mean, besides, you know, the Demon Slayer one, what are we mm-hmm. going to do? You know, you pitched side characters, I think. Yep. We got backstories, I think, was yep. pitched. Long time ago, me and you talked about goals of characters, yeah. you know. And I feel like at some point you could give us a breakdown of uh, Hitman Reborn. Yeah. Yeah. We could do. I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that. that so. I'll talk to you guys about that off, off record. I got right. an idea there. But right. hey, guys, have a good one. Thank you for listening. Later, guys.